Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. The neocortex stands out as a stunning achievement of biological evolution. All mammals have this swath of tissue covering their brain, and the six layers of densely packed neurons within it handle the sophisticated computations and associations that produce cognitive prowess. Since no animals other than mammals have a neocortex, scientists have wondered how such a complex brain region evolved. But now, they might have a clue. That's next. Quantum Magazine is an editorially independent online publication supported by the Simons Foundation to enhance public understanding of science. The brains of reptiles seemed to offer a clue to how the neocortex of mammals evolved. Reptiles are the closest living relatives of mammals. Their brains have a three-layered structure called a dorsal ventricular ridge, or DVR, with functional similarities to the neocortex. Or in the words of evolutionary and developmental biologist Maria Antonieta Tosquez, It's really interesting because reptiles are the only other vertebrates, other than mammals, that have a part of their brain that is defined by classical neuroanatomists as the cerebral cortex. For more than 50 years, some evolutionary neuroscientists have argued that the neocortex and the DVR were both derived from a more primitive feature in an ancestor shared by mammals and reptiles. But now, by analyzing molecular details invisible to the human eye, scientists have refuted that view. Researchers at Columbia University looked at patterns of gene expression in individual brain cells. The researchers showed that despite the anatomical similarities, the neocortex in mammals and the DVR in reptiles are unrelated. Instead, mammals seem to have evolved the neocortex as an entirely new brain region, one built without a trace of what came before it. The neocortex is composed of new types of neurons that seem to have no precedent in ancestral animals. Tosquez led the team behind the study, which was published last September in Science. This process of evolutionary innovation in the brain isn't limited to the creation of new parts. Other work by Tosquez and her colleagues in the same issue of Science showed that even seemingly ancient brain regions are continuing to evolve by getting rewired with new types of cells. The discovery that gene expression can reveal these kinds of important distinctions between neurons is also prompting researchers to rethink how they define some brain regions and to reassess whether some animals might have more complex brains than they thought. Back in the 1960s, influential neuroscientist Paul McLean proposed an idea about brain evolution that was wrong but still had a lasting impact on the field. He suggested that the basal ganglia, a grouping of structures near the base of the brain, were a holdover from a lizard brain that evolved in reptiles and was responsible for survival instincts and behaviors. When early mammals evolved, they added a limbic system for the regulation of emotions above the basal ganglia. And McLean proposed that when humans and other advanced mammals arose, they added a neocortex, like a thinking cap 
It sat at the top of the stack and imparted higher cognition. The triune brain model captivated the public imagination, says Paul Chisek, a cognitive neuroscientist at the University of Montreal. And it was a very persuasive idea at the time, and it became very popular in psychology and general public. In fact, Carl Sagan's book popularized it a lot. He wrote a book called Dragons of Eden. That's the 1977 Pulitzer Prize winner. Evolutionary neuroscientists were less impressed by the idea. Shortly after, actual comparative biologists rejected it. And so 50 years ago, that idea was essentially abandoned. That's because studies debunked the model by showing conclusively that brain regions do not evolve neatly one on top of another. Instead, Chisek says the brain evolves as a whole, with older parts undergoing modifications to adapt to the addition of new parts. It's not that new things don't happen. It's that when new things happen, they're elaborations of older things, not just add a new module on top. It's not like upgrading your iPhone. The best supported explanation for the origin of new brain regions was that they evolved mostly by duplicating and modifying pre-existing structures and neural circuits. To many evolutionary biologists, such as Harvey Carton of the University of California, San Diego, the similarities between the mammalian neocortex and the reptilian DVR suggested that they are, in evolutionary terms, homologous. That means that they both evolved from a structure passed down from an ancestor shared by mammals and reptiles. But other researchers, including Luis Pueyes of the University of Murcia in Spain, disagreed. People from my side, which is, so to speak, the classical school of comparative anatomy, we think that you first have to demonstrate that your cells are comparable because of where they are and how they develop. In the development of mammals and reptiles, they saw signs that the neocortex and the DVR took shape through completely different processes. This hinted that the neocortex and DVR evolved independently. If so, their similarities had nothing to do with homology. They were probably coincidences dictated by the functions and constraints on the structures. The debate over the origins of the neocortex and DVR stretched out over decades, but now a recently developed technique is helping to break the stalemate. Single-cell RNA sequencing enables scientists to read out which genes are being transcribed in a single cell. From these gene expression profiles, evolutionary neuroscientists can identify a wealth of detailed differences between individual neurons. They can use those differences to determine how evolutionarily similar the neurons are. Trigve Bakken is a molecular neuroscientist at the Allen Institute for Brain Science. The advantage of looking at gene expression is that you're profiling something that's comparing apples to apples. So you know that when you compare gene A in a lizard to gene A in a mammal, right. We know based on the genome alignments that those are really the same thing. They've changed a little bit, maybe. So even if many of those genes have changed over hundreds of millions of years, there are enough that have been kind of preserved evolutionarily. Single-cell RNA sequencing is ushering in a new era for evolutionary neuroscience. Here's Courtney Babbitt, an expert in evolutionary genomics at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst. The cool thing about the single-cell stuff is that you really get a nuanced view of what's happening in real time. We can actually see different populations of cells developing into different organs over time. 
And so for developmental biology, it's been really critical for that. For evolutionary biology, and for a lot of fields, it's shown new cell populations that we just didn't know existed. It's hard to research something you don't know exists. In 2015, breakthroughs in single-cell RNA sequencing made it possible to use the technique on an order of magnitude more cells in a sample. Tosquez was then just beginning her postdoc in the lab of Gilles Laurent at the Max Planck Institute for Brain Research in Germany. Tosquez was excited to use the technique to study the origins of the neocortex. My first year as a postdoc, these new techniques came up, and that was really exciting, and we said, okay, let's give it a try. Three years later, Tosquez and her colleagues published their first results, comparing the neuron cell types in turtles and lizards to those in mice and humans. The difference in gene expression suggested that the reptilian DVR and the mammalian neocortex evolved independently from different regions of the brain. Bradley Colquitt is a molecular neuroscientist at the University of California, Santa Cruz. The 2018 paper was really a landmark paper in that it was the first really kind of comprehensive characterization of neural types between mammals and reptiles or really any other non-mammal. But to truly confirm that the two brain areas didn't evolve from the same ancestral source, Tosquez and her team realized they needed to know more about how the neural cell types in mammals and reptiles might compare to the neurons in an ancient common ancestor. They decided to look for clues in the brain of a salamander called the sharp-ribbed newt. Salamanders are amphibians. They split away from the lineage they shared with mammals and reptiles about 30 million years after the first four-legged animals wandered onto land, and millions of years before the mammals and reptiles split from each other. Here's Tosquez. We're talking about, in evolutionary time, a very recent split, very close ancestors. Like all vertebrates, salamanders have a structure called a pallium that sits near the front of the brain. If salamanders had neurons in their pallium that were similar to neurons in the mammalian neocortex or the reptilian DVR, then those neurons must have existed in an ancient ancestor that all three groups of animals shared. In their 2022 paper, Tosquez's lab performed single-cell RNA sequencing on thousands of salamander brain cells and compared the results to data collected previously from reptiles and mammals. What at the end want to do is to go from an entire brain or parts of the brain to a single-cell suspension. We essentially break apart all the tissue to get single cells in a suspension. Tiny salamander brains, each about one-fiftieth the volume of a mouse brain, were painstakingly prepared and labeled by the researchers. The brains were then put into a machine about the size of a shoebox that prepared all the samples for sequencing in about 20 minutes. The machine is capturing each cell into one droplet. That droplet is like a microcosm where very precise biochemical reactions are happening. Tosquez points out that the technological improvements have just exploded even since 2015. When we started our turtle project, which published in 2018, it took us one year to collect all the data in that paper. And now it will take one day to collect the same number of cells. In this latest study, after the researchers analyzed the sequencing data, the answer to the debate became clear. Some of the neurons in the salamander matched neurons in the reptilian DVR, but some did not. This suggested that at least part of the DVR evolved from the pallium of an ancestor shared with amphibians. 
The unmatched cells in the DVR seemed to be innovations that appeared after the amphibian and reptile lineages diverged. The reptilian DVR was therefore a mix of inherited and novel types of neurons. But mammals were a different story. Salamander neurons didn't match anything in the mammalian neocortex, even though they did resemble cells in parts of the mammalian brain outside the neocortex. Plus, several kinds of cells in the neocortex, specifically the types of pyramidal neurons that make up the majority of neurons in the structure, didn't match with cells in the reptiles either. Tosquez and her colleagues therefore suggested that these neurons evolved solely in mammals. They aren't the first researchers to propose that origin for the cells, but they are the first to produce evidence for it using the powerful resolution of single-cell RNA sequencing. Tosquez and her team proposed that essentially all of the mammalian neocortex is an evolutionary innovation. So while at least part of the reptilian DVR was adapted from the brain region of an ancestral creature, the mammalian neocortex evolved as a new brain region burgeoning with novel cell types. Their answer to the decades of debate is that the mammalian neocortex and the reptile DVR are not homologous because they don't have a common origin. Georg Streeter is a neuroscience researcher at the University of California, Irvine, who studies comparative neurobiology and animal behavior. He remembers seeing the study for the first time. I was really excited because I felt like it was providing really good evidence for something that I had only speculated about. The new answer from Tosquez's team doesn't mean that the neocortex of mammals evolved to sit neatly atop older brain regions, as the triune brain theory proposed. Instead, as the neocortex expanded and new types of pyramidal neurons were born within it, other brain regions kept evolving in concert with it. They didn't just hang on as an ancient lizard brain underneath. It's even possible that the complexity emerging in the neocortex pushed other brain regions to evolve, or vice versa. Tosquez and her colleagues recently uncovered proof that seemingly ancient brain regions are still evolving. Their second paper appeared in the September 2022 issue of Science. She teamed up with Laurent, her postdoc mentor, to see what single-cell RNA sequencing could reveal about new and old cell types in a comparison of a lizard brain to a mouse brain. First, they compared the full array of neural cell types in each species to find the ones that they shared. These must have been passed down from a common ancestor. Then they looked for neural cell types that differed between the species. The results showed that both conserved and novel neural cell types are found all over the brain, not just in the brain regions that appeared more recently. Eustace Kebschul, an evolutionary neuroscientist at Johns Hopkins University, says the entire brain is a mosaic of old and new cell types. It all makes sense when you think of it developmentally, where these cells actually don't come from that region but migrate into it. So you can have these mosaics emerge because actually the different cell types that you're looking at have different developmental origins and have different evolutionary histories. But some scientists say it's not that easy to declare the debate over. 
Barbara Finlay, an evolutionary neuroscientist at Cornell University, thinks it's still necessary to look at how neurons are generated and how they migrate and connect up during development, rather than only comparing where they end up in adult amphibian, reptilian, and mammalian brains. Finlay thinks it would be terrific if those findings could all be pulled together. She says we are pretty far now from bringing these two really big aspects of how to look at evolution together, but I think we will in time. Tosquez notes that amphibian brains could have lost some complexity that was present in an earlier common ancestor. To know for sure, Tosquez says researchers will need to use single-cell RNA sequencing on primitive bony fish species or other amphibians that are still alive today. That experiment could reveal whether any of the types of neurons seen in mammals had predecessors in animals before amphibians. The work from Tosquez and her colleagues has also prompted new discussions about whether the field should reconsider what a cerebral cortex is and which animals have one. The current definition says that a cerebral cortex must have visible neural layers like the neocortex or DVR, but Tosquez regards that as baggage left over from traditional neuroanatomy. When her team used the new sequencing tools, they found evidence of layers in the salamander's brain as well. The salamander is more similar to the reptile than the reptile to the mammal. No what? reason to me to say that salamanders or amphibians don't have a cortex. At this point, if we call the reptilian cortex a cortex, we're calling also the salamander pallium a cortex. Courtney Babbitt thinks that Tosquez has a point. There's a physical limitation. So if somebody was looking at a salamander brain 100 years ago, it's a tiny little thing, and they don't have that much resolution, even if they had a good microscope. And so how these things were defined in classical morphology, it's probably just not going to hold up, just based on the tools that we have now both molecular tools and just the visualization tools we have as well. The question bears on how neuroscientists should think about birds. Experts agree that birds have impressive cognitive abilities that can match or surpass those of many mammals. Because birds descended from reptiles, they too have a DVR, but for some reason, neither their DVR nor their other cortex-like brain regions are organized into obvious layers. The absence of visible layers doesn't seem to have stopped these regions from supporting complex behaviors and skills. Nevertheless, birds still aren't recognized as having a cortex. Such a strong focus on looks might be leading scientists astray. Or as neuroscientist researcher Georg Streeter says, as the new single-cell data from Tosquez's team shows, looks can be deceiving when it comes to homology. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read Allison Witten's full article, Gene Expression in Neurons Solves a Brain Evolution Puzzle, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Explore more questions about science in the Quanta book, Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now at amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, or your local bookstore. Also, make sure to tell your friends about the Quantum Magazine Science Podcast and give us a positive review or follow where you listen. It helps people find this podcast. <music>